It's so great to have you here in this moment, here with the family of God. That's one of the most beautiful descriptors God's given us. We're a family together. You know, if I were to ask you to describe yourself, there are so many angles you could come at where you live, what you do, your accomplishments, your studies, your sports teams, your gender, your ethnicity. There's so many ways that we could describe ourselves, but that's not what defines us. What defines us are two wonderful truths. We are made in the image of God and we are his beloved children. All those other descriptors, if that's how we define ourselves, it will divide us. But when we focus on how God sees us, it brings us together and makes us one. It shows us who he says we are. And I wanna pray that for us right now as we come to worship. Lord, open our eyes to see ourselves the way you see us. Open our eyes to see each other the way you see us open our eyes to see our circumstances the way you see them. We need to see from your perspective. You're the one who defines us. You're the one who says who we are. And we focus on you. We exalt you. In Jesus' name, the name of our Lord and Savior, amen. Let's take this moment to exalt our Lord, King Jesus.
In these moments of worship, we've just reminded ourselves of some really important truths. He's the highest king. He's the one who sets us free. He's the one who says who we are. We exalt him and we worship him in this moment. In fact, in just a moment, I'm going to have you continue worship and join me in expressing your own personal praise and thanks to God. But before I do, let me explain something to you. I don't know how you celebrate birthdays and anniversaries, but one of the things in our family has always been the trip to the card shop, whether it's Papyrus or Target or Hallmark or some way to find just the right card to express our gratitude, our love, our appreciation. In fact, when Di and I were first married, we were so poor, here's how we used to do it. We'd go to the Hallmark shop, we'd spend all this time going through picking out the right card, we'd stick it in the envelope, we'd go back to the corner of the store and I would hand her an envelope, she would hand me an envelope, we'd open it up, read it, hug, kiss, put it back and go home. But here's what happens. The honest part is, as nice as that card was, some stranger wrote those words. And our family used to get around that by underlining. You know, you underline once or twice or three or four times. It means I really, really mean it. But nothing substitutes for your own personal expressions of love. Cards are great. Pre-written notes are great. And pre-written songs are great. And it's great to sing along in this moment as Pastor Vaughn and the team lead us. But far more important to God is for him to hear your voice. In Psalm 145, David writes this. He says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. God wants to hear your personal praise. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Right there, wherever you are, the next few moments, we're just going to lift our voices in praise. We're going to exalt the Lord, and we're going to praise Him. Are you ready? Let's exalt the Lord. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. You're so good to us, and we exalt you. We magnify your name. You're great and greatly to be praised. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for your love for me and for each one of us. You are so good. You are so good great and we exalt you together thank you for your faithfulness thank you for your love thank you for your mercy thank you for your grace lord you are a good and perfect god we exalt you and we give you praise hallelujah let's give him thanks and praise for his faithfulness hallelujah 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 oh he loves to hear your voice he loves to hear you lifted and we're so grateful for what God's going to do today as we continue to worship him. The psalmist David also writes another passage about his personal response to the Lord. In Psalm 54, 6, he says this, With an offering I will worship and sacrifice to you. I will give thanks in your name, O Lord, for it is good. One of the ways we express our praise and worship is in our own generosity of giving to the Lord. Before we do, one thing I'd like to share with you. This past week, we were amazingly blessed as Second Harvest of Silicon Valley, who's been such a great partner for so many years, has been so generous to us. Our ability to bless our community is in large part because of their generosity. This past week, they donated to us a forklift, which we sorely needed, at the cost of $41,263. Can you say thanks to the Lord for that amazing provision? That is the blessing of God. And that's the blessing you get to be in this moment of bringing your tithes and offerings as you express your worship in this moment. You can go to our app. You can go online. You can text the number on the screen or write out that check and drop it by this week at the church office or mail it in. You get to be part of making a difference. This week, we're also asking for people to prayerfully consider being part of our scholarship giving as we bless graduating high school seniors and kids who are already in college to help them fulfill their dreams. When you go to give online, there's a place to put in for scholarships so you can be part of blessing the next generation. Already Cathedral has given out over $900,000 in scholarships over the last 20 years, and we thank you for your generosity. Well, 
here with the latest and greatest coming up is Stephanie. Hello, Cathedral friends and family. Here's what's happening in and around Cathedral. First, next weekend, we are welcoming Ruthie Bolton. Ruthie is a two-time gold medalist and a WNBA Hall of Famer. Ruthie's gonna sit down with Pastor Ken and share her story of faith. And then she's also gonna be around for our first Saturday evening event, our Father's Day family barbecue and movie night. Saturday, June 19th at five o'clock in the amphitheater. Bring the family, eat, relax, play games, learn basketball techniques from Ruthie herself, then wrap up the night with the classic movie, Space Jam. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Food is available to pre-purchase on our website, cathedraloffaith.org. Don't wait till the last minute because the price will go up. Then, to all our Picassos out there, grab those paint brushes. As a part of our water walking series, we're gonna be wielding our brushes through the waves and paint a picture of the ocean together. Saturday, June 26, 6.15 p.m. in the amphitheater. This event is for ages 10 and up and the cost is $15. Don't worry, no experience necessary. Register on cathedraloffaith.org. Well, that's it for now. Be sure to follow us on social media and check cathedraloffaith.org for the latest and greatest here at Cathedral. And finally, to the class of 2021, congratulations. As our fearless leader always says, great days ahead. And now it's there in our chest That's why we're singing it back to you For every battle you won For everything that you've done And everything that you're gonna do Seen too much to ever doubt it Feel so good I wanna shout it Yeah, when I really think about it All I wanna do All I wanna do is That's why we can that's why we came to lift your name. Come on and sing. Yeah. That's why we came. Yeah, we were made to lift your name. All the church sang. So let your glory be heard until it covers the earth. Don't want to wait for the rocks to shout. We got a reason to praise. This is the song of the saint. No, we ain't going to turn it down.
arms out straight. Stiff as a board. Are you ready to jump? Are you ready to jump into the water? My wife and I were once watching the grandkids, and I'm going to tell you a story. Now, you can't tell my daughter, because if you tell my daughter, I may never be able to watch the grandkids again. So this is just between you and me. But what happened is we were, well, it was a hot day, and we were at my parents' house, and they have a pool, and so my youngest grandson, Chase, he wanted to jump off of the diving board. He didn't want to jump off the side of the pool. He wants to jump off the diving board, even though he's still learning how to swim. You know, he's got his little safety vest on and he wants to give it a shot. And so, of course, grandpa can't say no. So grandma walks him over to that diving board, and gets him up onto the edge and I swim out under the diving board. Now, the diving board is in the deep end. So while my arms are extended up here, my legs are going like crazy underneath the water just so I can stay afloat. And then comes that moment of truth. He's right on the edge. And is fear going to get the best of him? Or is faith going to get the best of him. Well, he, he jumps, and I catch him, and now I'm underwater. He's above water, but I'm underwater because I may drown, but I'm going to make sure that he stays above water and that he doesn't sink. Well, I get him over to the side of the pool, and he gets out, and you'll never guess what is the first thing that he says again. And I want you to picture yourself on the edge of that diving board. And can you see a more sure set of arms extended to you in the water? Jesus extends his arms to you. Are you ready to jump? We're in a series all this month called water walking and we're thinking of well about the passage in the bible of that water walking incident we find it in matthew chapter 14 and we're we're looking at it and we're asking god the question god where is it that you want me to get out of the boat and onto the water how would you like me to get out of the boat and onto the water. And as we're asking that question, where that is, if God is calling us out onto the water, what are we waiting for? What is holding us back? Could it be fear? I saw this picture online and it said this. It said, if fear had a face, then this would be it. Is it fear that's holding us back? It's interesting. The command that you find most often in the Bible, it's not about love and it's not about prayer. It's not about 
sexual immorality or walking with integrity or living in humility. All those things are important. But the command you find most often in the Bible has to do with fear. 366 times in the Bible, we're told to fear not. That is one for every day, including leap year. No fear. No fear. Now, why do you think, why do you think the Bible talks about fear so often? Well, I'd like to suggest that it could be this. That fear is the number one thing that holds us back from being who God's called us to be and doing what God's called us to do. And that's why over and over and over you find this phrase, fear not, no fear. It even shows up in the water walking story. In Matthew chapter 14, we read this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, it's me. He says, it is I. Or more literally, it reads, ego I me, I am. Now this is the same I am phrase that he used elsewhere when he would talk about, well, I am the bread of life. Or I am the light of the world. Or I am the true vine. Or I am the good shepherd. Or I am the way, the truth, and the life. Or I am the resurrection and the life. Or before Abraham was, I am. And when he uses that phrase, he's wanting the disciples to know that in the midst of their storm, the great I am is there. Isaiah 43 put it this way. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. For I am the Lord your God and I love you. And someone's watching right now. You're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. You tuned into this, ter- this service Because Jesus wants to say this to you in the middle of your personal storm. Courage. I am. Fear not. Say that with me. Courage. I am. Fear not. That's Jesus' word to you. Let's continue with the passage. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Now, on the one hand, Peter was sinking in the water. But on the other hand, he was sinking in his fear and anxiety. Nothing will sink you faster than fear. I mean, this wasn't the first time or won't be the last time that Peter sinks in his fear. You know, in a short while, he's going to be around a fire 
the night before Jesus is crucified and he denies his best friend three times. And why does he deny him? Because of his fear. Fear can sink you faster than just about anything else. But thanks be to God, Jesus is always there to save us. The passage continues this way. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Immediately. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Can you see yourself on the edge of that diving board? Fear not. No fear. No fear. No fear. What is fear anyway? Well, fear is an instinct that we're born with. Uh, one humorist, uh, a funny guy by the name of David Barry, he writes this about fear. He said, all of us are born with a set of instinctive fears, a fear of falling, a fear of the dark, a fear of lobsters, a fear of falling on lobsters in the dark, a fear of speaking before a rotary club, and of the words, some assembly required. I know what that fear is like. Fear is this instinct that we're born with, and it can serve a useful purpose in our lives. For example, if you have a healthy fear of wildlife, it'll keep you from playing with rattlesnakes or a healthy fear of failing math class. It'll motivate you to study for that test or a, a healthy fear of heart disease that may lead you to form healthier habits. So fear can serve a useful purpose, but when it overshoots its mark and instead of motivating you for something good, it paralyzes you and you find yourself stuck on the edge of that board. I was talking a while back with a, a lady who's a part of our cathedral family. She was telling me about a dating relationship that she was in. It was a physically and verbally and emotionally abusive relationship. And yet she did not leave him. And the reason she did not leave him was, well, part of it had to do with, with the fact that she loved him, but a deeper reason had to do with the fact that she was afraid. She was afraid of being alone. Afraid of uncertainty. What would life look like without him? Afraid of trusting her future into the hands of God. And she was stuck because of that fear, stuck in this cycle of emotional pain. And we prayed that day that God would give her courage because it takes courage to leave an abusive relationship. And God gave her that courage. She did walk away. And if you run into her today, she'll tell you, she'll tell you that she is so glad that she jumped. When you jump, it just feels good on the inside. It really does. The American Psychological Association once did a study on self-esteem and they published their study in a book. And in their findings, they found something that they it would seem to be kind of counterintuitive, that there were people who would have every reason to have a healthy self-esteem. They were well-liked, they were attractive, they were talented, and yet they struggled with their self-image. Even when significant people in their lives would affirm them, they would uh, tend to disbelieve it. And what they learned in this study was this, that the most significant factor in building your self-esteem had to do with the way that you faced your fear. When you run into a difficult situation, do you face it in faith or do you avoid it in fear? If you face it in faith, even if it doesn't turn out well, at least you know you took on a challenge and you feel better about yourself because of it. But when you avoid it in fear, you know that you hid from that challenge 
Others may not know it, but you know it on the inside. That fear got the best of you. And your self-esteem shrivels up just a bit. And that's why it's, it's good. It's good to find a way. Find a way to face down your fear every day. Recently, I was in Wyoming at a retreat. And I'd never been to Wyoming. And it was quite a place I was at. There was no cell coverage. There was no Wi-Fi. It was very rural, very rustic, but they did have horses. And when I called my wife on the landline and told her they had horses and I was thinking about riding, she laughed because she knows I'm afraid of horses. I mean, they got that giant head and those huge teeth and the big bowling ball eye on the side and they intimidate me. But I decided that I wasn't going to let fear get the best of me, even if something as mundane as riding a horse, I was going to face down my fear. And when I got up on the horse, just being real, I was uncomfortable. In fact, that whole retreat was a bit uncomfortable because the other guys there, I mean, I was the only pastor. Most of the guys were 20 years younger than me and they were Magazine editors and actors and filmmakers and hip-hop artists and podcasters. And there is the one pastor. Hello, talk about a fish out of water. But do you know it's okay? It's okay to feel uncomfortable every once in a while. And I'm up on that horse, uncomfortable at first, but eventually... Well, me and that horse, well, you can, I felt like this little guy right here. Real cowboys have no fear. Boy, me and that horse, we were going down that old town road, and I was cowboy Ken, riding around the river and around the lake and through the meadow, and I just had the time of my life that every day, Find a way to face down your fear because that's how we grow. And growth is what is at stake. Speaking of comfort, all of us have a comfort zone. And that comfort zone is represented by this circle. And when there's a challenge, a new challenge that shows up outside our comfort zone, well, you're always going to experience some fear. As long as you're growing, you never really get beyond experiencing fear. In her book, Feel the Fear and and Do It Anyway, Susan Jeffers writes, fear will never go away as long as I continue to grow. There's always going to be fear. But every time I face down that fear and I share my faith with a coworker, or I change my career in midlife, or I get involved in a new ministry, or I begin to tithe out of my income. Every time I face down my fear, I grow a little bit more. And my comfort zone expands, and it expands, and it expands Your growth and my growth is what is at stake when it comes to our fear. And that's why when fear shows up, show fear. Show fear the door. When fear shows up and it will show up, don't invite it in. Don't let it sit down for dinner. Don't let it unpack its bags. Instead, when fear knocks on the door, open the door and say, well, it's nice that you've come to visit, but you can't stay because faith has already checked in for the night. Show fear the door. I like this one sign. It reads, please do not feed the fears. Show fear the door. Now, I know for some of you, it's more difficult than for others. 
In fact, in genetics, they've actually identified a gene. If you're taking notes, the gene is SLC6A4. Now, this is way above my pay grade, but as I understand it, they found a gene. If you have a short version of this gene, then it will predispose you to fear and worry and anxiety genetically. Now, my wife and I, we have not taken any genetic tests, but my hunch is she's got this long version of the gene because nothing seems to stress her out, and I've got the shorter version because everything seems to stress me out. Now, for much of my life, I've battled fear, anxiety, and worry, and yet, over the years, I've learned, I've learned this. I've learned to face down my fear. Hasn't been easy. But I've learned to face down my fear because I refuse to let fear shortcut my destiny. If fear is the number one thing that will keep a person from being who God's called them to be and doing what God's called them to do, I just won't give fear that place in my life. Jesus once told this story about this very thing. In Matthew chapter 25, he says, here's what the kingdom of heaven will be like. A man was going on a journey. He sent for his slaves and put them in charge of his money. He gave five bags of gold to one. He gave two bags to another. And he gave one bag to the third. In other words, no one is empty handed. All of us have received from God. We've been blessed by God. And what is in our hands is pure gold. We have time. We have talent. We have resources. We have opportunities. It's pure gold. And Jesus, in this statement, he frees us to just be ourselves. I'm free to be me. That when I stand before God, and give an account for my life. He's not going to ask me what I've done compared to this person or compared to that person. He's just going to ask me, what did you do with what I put into your hands? And when I do the very best with what he's given to me, I'll hear those words. Matthew 25 continues well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful with a few things i will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness and what could be really what could be better than that so here you have these three servants now two of them when they received their gold the bible says at once circle that at once underline that at once there's a sense of urgency. They don't delay. They seize the day at once. They know the master will one day return. And so they use what they have and invest what they have. Now, the other servant in the story, he does something very different. He does something that was very common in that day. He takes what he has and he buries it in the field. Now in the first century, one of the safest things you could do is bury your money in the ground. And that's what he does. He doesn't gain anything, but he doesn't lose anything. He doesn't spend anything, but he doesn't invest anything. He doesn't waste the money on wild women. He plays it safe. And he buries it in the ground. And then Jesus stuns everybody that would first hear this story. When he says the guy played it safe. He played it too safe. Because according to Jesus. That is not a well lived life. If you play it too safe. You'll never fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Why did he play it so safe? Well, we find the answer in verse 25. I was afraid, the servant says, and went out and hid your gold 
in the ground. It was fear that short-circuited his destiny. Don't let fear have that place in your life. If you're on the edge of the board, it's time to jump. Take a risk. The great movie director, Francis Ford Coppola, he once said, an essential element of any art is risk. If you don't take a risk, then how are you going to make something really beautiful that hasn't been seen before? I always had a good philosophy about risks. The only risk is to waste your life so that when you die, you say, oh, I wish I had done this. The only risk is to waste your life. So if you find yourself on the edge of the board, can you see the arms of Jesus extended to you? Will fear get the best of you? Or will faith get the best of you? Can I give you a pastoral nudge today? In fact, maybe you've never jumped into a relationship with Christ. You know about Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. But today, you're on the edge of that diving board. I want to give you a nudge and encourage you to jump. In fact, I invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me like you do. I receive you as my Savior. And I put you in charge of my life. Thank you for having a purpose for my life. And I surrender my life to you. If you prayed that prayer, you know what you did? You jumped into the water. Welcome to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Each week I've talked about wanting to, well, I want you to hear from one of the water walkers that's a part of the cathedral family. And this week I had a chance to interview one of the rock star volunteers at the church. Let's go to that interview and listen to how she's walking on water. I'm here with one of the members of our cathedral family. Uh, she's a rock star volunteer. Trish, thanks so much for joining with me. And I'm so excited about this new ministry that was birthed in your heart. Can you tell us how that new ministry emerged? I sure will. But first, I want to thank you, Pastor Ken, for allowing this time and this opportunity uh, for this, this ministry. Uh, the ministry started in my heart about three, four years ago. Uh, and the Lord you know, closed some doors in some ministries. And you know, I was still involved. But I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, where do you want me to be? I know there's something really important that's on your heart. So he told me one word for like about three years, widows. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was it. Uh, so my mother got sick and I was taking care of her all these years and he kept saying widows. But when she passed, he made it more clear to me, more, more um, uh, revealed his mission for this church. So I saw you and Pastor Shelley one day at um, the drive-through communion, and I was in my tears, right? And just in passing, uh, I mentioned that we needed this ministry. God said, bring this ministry to the church. So I went my way and forgot about it for about a month. And he said, no, it's time, Trish. Present it to the church. So I did. I talked to Pastor Shelley, and she says, you need to um, write up a proposal for Pastor Ken. And I kind of freaked out at that point. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I did what she said. I wrote this proposal, and it was in your Dream Again series. Mm. You, I gave the, um, the proposal to Pastor Shelley. She sent it to you, and immediately you approved it and blessed it. And so that's kind of how it, it started. It was, it was all God. It's all God's ministry, mm. and he's just putting things together in his own way. Well, Trish, thank you for being open to what God wanted to do through you in this Hands of Love ministry. I'm so excited about it because it reaches out 
to widows, to those who are elderly, and provides very practical assistance to them. And we saw the great need during the pandemic. And it was during the pandemic that this ministry, well, God said it's time to jump. It's time to get out of the boat and onto the water. And you took that step of faith. Can you give us a story of what's already happened? How has God used the ministry? There's a couple of uh, individuals, families that we were working with, but there's one in particular. Her name is Yolanda. Um, her husband has Parkinson's and he has a little bit of dementia. So we've been going to uh, her home to do gardening, bringing uh, fresh meals. Um, we also have a roofer. And that's actually an usher here at the church. His name is Miguel, and he went and fixed her gutters. So she's just blessed by this. I mean, just to see her, her heart hmm. and her tears and her gratefulness. What impact has it had on you personally? Just getting out of the boat, onto the water, how has that made a difference in you? It, it has totally humbled me. Hmm. You know, when I was taking care of my mother, you know, it, it was a personal thing. Yeah. But when I reached out love to other people that I didn't know, to see that, you know, I'm not alone, Trish. God mm. has your hand in every aspect of your life. You know, no matter the weaknesses you have, because what does Paul say? You know, oh, when I am weak, God makes me strong, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the humbleness of, of my life, just to see people that are just like me, and wherever I go, God is following me. And he is blessing not their lives, but my life. Hmm. You know, I, I think about that, that passage, how when we're weak, God makes us strong. And how uh, when you step into something like this, it's not that we have everything together. Mm -hmm. But it's that we're wounded healers. And that God uses us. Uh, even when we're still walking through our pain, how God uh, takes that and brings something beautiful out of it. Uh, Trish, I, I, again, I want to thank you. As your pastor, thank you for having the courage you know, to, to get out of the boat. Um, thank you for modeling what it looks like to walk on the water. You know, if you need help, I want to encourage you. you know, call the church office. Reach out to us on social media. We'd love to be there with you and for you to walk through this season in your life. And then if you'd like to get involved, you know, reach out to us. Say, I want to get involved in the Hands of Love ministry. And we'd love to get you connected. Or even if there's, uh, you say, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but God is stirring other things in my heart. We want to be here uh, with you and for you. We want to cheer you on. We believe God has a purpose for your life. And we want to help you to find that and follow that. So Trish, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Pastor And Ken. we look forward to great days ahead. Amen. I hope Trish's story encouraged you. And again, we go back to that question. We're asking it all this month. God, where are you wanting me to get out of the boat and on to the water? And we won't let fear get the best of us. Said he's coming right now to, well, seal this moment with a powerful song. Let it speak to your heart. Stacking up the years I spent Trading punches with the enemy Ooh, built myself a double thick stone tower That's higher than the eye can see Trapped in my flesh and bone Crying out to you, Lord, I'm desperate Love, come out of this cage and set me free All my fears like a jail cool wall's gonna come down, come down Jericho walls gonna come down, come down, oh Lord. My prison turns to ruins when your love moves in. All my fears like Jericho walls gonna come down, come down, come down. Hey, gotta come down. 
with us crashing through the pride and blame Cutting straight to the heart of me Ooh, long before I ever called your name You were fighting for my victory Caught in my flesh and bone The wounds that have set my soul is forgiven Oh, now I can feel the darkness trembling All my fears like a Jericho Gotta come down, come down Oh, now it feels like Jericho walls Gotta come down, come down Oh, Lord My prison turns to ruins When your love moves in All my fears like Jericho Thank you again for joining us for today's service. If you need prayer, please reach out to us. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. We'd love to stand with you. And then next week, we have a special guest with us, Ruthie Bolton, who's a two-time Olympic gold medalist and a member of the WNBA Hall of Fame. She's gonna be with us. She's got a great story. It's a, a wonderful opportunity for you to invite somebody to, to watch with you. In fact, if you'd like to come out Saturday night, next Saturday night, we've got a special Father's Day barbecue. Ruthie's going to be there, and we'll also be showing a movie, Space Jam, that night. So it's something great for the whole family. And you can invite, again, uh, friends, unchurched friends, family members to come out with you. Don't forget the wrap is right after this. It's a way to take the message deeper and further. So stay tuned. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you hear, hear these words in your spirit. Courage, I am. Fear not. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray, amen. Yo, Cathedral of Faith, what's up, everybody? Come hello. on in. It's The Wrap. Say hello, everybody. Hello. hello. <laughs> Welcome. All right, we're going to get started. Uh, Pastor Ken preached, preached a great message about fear. and So let's just start tackling this subject because a lot of us maybe are even scared to talk about it, right? Like we're fearful to even address that there's fear in our life. So how are we going to attack fear in our life. Trish, what did you hear today? Well, for me, uh, fear is, was very prevalent in my life, my whole life. I was very shy and I couldn't, I couldn't even talk to a one-on-one -on -one person. But God brought me through so much. Uh, when I finally came to him, I had a Catholic background, so I didn't really know a lot about Jesus. Um, but coming finally to um, accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he just brought so much um, healing into my life. So this sermon today with, with getting out of the water and, and doing whatever God calls you to do, um, that's always been my heart, just being able to serve him no matter what my circumstances are, even during this pandemic, him bringing me um, uh, this new ministry of Hands of Love, which God we are his hands. So that was how the, the ministry name came about, Hands of Love. Amen. Yeah. And, and tell us, like, what's some of the, the, 
the feedback you've been getting from the hands of love. Like, it's a, as you're saying, it took a step, right? You had to get out of the boat of comfort in order to, to kind of bring, bring this to life. Right. What's some, what's some right. feedback we've got? Right. Um, a few people that we've been working with so far um, have been praying for years for some help. This, the first uh, person that we're working with, um, her husband is, um, has Parkinson's, he has dementia. So her life basically stopped. And she was praying for years, Lord, bring some laborers to me. Um, and then I called her and she was just in tears. Oh, thank you, whatever you can do. You know, we brought her fresh meals and uh, worked on her roof and did a lot of gardening. So um, this is God's ministry. He says, I'll be there with you in any situation you're in. So don't worry. Don't fear. You know, Pastor Ken says, just do it. Just get out of that boat because the Lord is here with you. Thank you for taking the step. That's really great. Mm -hmm. Dylan, what about you, buddy? Yeah, um, building off of that, um, like you said, Jesus, he's there with us all along. Where we go, he goes. And um, I definitely could have used that a few years ago when I started high school. Um, I just graduated. and um, <laughs> Way to go, yeah. man. Um, and so I've been reflecting on the past few years and just hearing Pastor Ken's message when um, that feeling of, oh, I wish I should have done that. Um, I wish I should have joined that sport. I wish mm. I should have talked to that person. You know, that feeling isn't the best feeling. And it didn't define my high school experience, but it really um, showed me the things I, I was missing out on. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, when we let go and let God, we can be exposed to so many different things. Yeah. And I think that's where it's important to take that challenge, mm. to face fear and show it out the door. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. 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 Show, he wants us to live up. an abundant life, not just live in that fear all the time. Because right. it just consumes That's us. Right. It yeah. just holds us back. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that when, when Pastor Ken said, when fear shows up, you show at the door. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, Pastor Robert, what you got, man? Yeah, I really like the uh, story of his grandson, Chase, and how he jumps off the diving board and he's all, again! <laughs> and it's like, you know, no fear. No fear. And during the pandemic, that's really what I stressed a lot was no fear. You know, we want to be smart. We want to be safe, but no fear. Even at the end of our basketball season last year, that's when it started. And I had to stress that a lot with them. But when we know that the great I am is with us. Powerful. Mm -hmm. No fear. Yeah. That was really powerful. Like that when when you unpack the passage and and when uh, in the original language, the state, it's the statement I am like in that. That's just a mic drop moment, right? It's a power, it splits time. It, it changes the game, right? When, when I am is in the boat or in the water, like all of a sudden, it, all the rules are gone, right? It's a different story. It's powerful. Yeah, sometimes, you know, when, when, when there's situations in our life, we don't, like this morning, I had to take my daughter to uh, the airport and I was in the uh, parking garage and that thing is a big maze and I, I had this fear, I can't get out of here. Mm-hmm. Every, all the exits were, were blocked. Yeah, yeah, you know, there, were just, there was cars in front of there. It was like, but then I, th- and I was just like, okay, Lord, I know you're here. You're going to get me out of it, you know. <laughs> I just had to stop, uh, step out of that water. It's like, okay, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> how, how about the passage of, of the talents, right? Uh, Pastor Ken kind of... Uh, moved from from the boat passage into the passage of the parable of the talents and how God is, you know, gave, had, there's three people. The master gave those servants each a, a portion. Um, what were what were some of your thoughts that you were kind of feeling in that, hearing yourself in the story maybe? Well, for me, it was the freedom to be yourself. That's it. Oh. And uh, I don't have to preach like Pastor Ken or Billy Graham or somebody else. That's right. I can just be myself. I can use my stuff. And that says, that's, there's freedom right there. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be afraid when I talk or go speak somewhere. It's like, no, this is me. I'm going to be me and let God use the gifts that he's given me, which that's are right. different than other people. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're, you could even rob God of not being yourself, right? Because he, he creates us with that version in mind like you're not an accident you're right. your purpose by design and if we try to to be something else that we're not 
It's like the master's not getting what he wanted out of us. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Amen. He'd Amen. be ourself. Yeah. And we all have different gifts. You know, you and Completely. I could have the same gift and just bless people. We have to, you know, spread our gift. We have a lot of gifts and talents. Mm-hmm. And we have to share them with, with our brothers and sisters in Amen. the community. Yeah, um, he definitely gives us gifts for a reason. And gifts along with receiving gifts are meant for giving. And so he wants us to use those gifts to the fullest potential and not hide them away where um, we could be um, helping someone out with something or inspiring them. And that's why our gifts are so important to everyone else around us. Yeah, I I would like like that. I was, I felt, I was like, yeah, that's really, you know, I think one of the reasons why the master was so displeased in the parable was that it's not your money. It's not your portion. It's his. Like, and you're not managing it well, right? So it, it, it brings this, this whole issue of stewardship into our life of how we are to put what he's, he's put in us. We're to put it to action and put it into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goes back to that no regrets, living a life with no regrets. Mm-hmm. I've used all my talents. I've, I've done it the way he's made me. And, Amen. and that's the way we want to live. We want, we someday be able to say, no regrets. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, if, and if we hide our talents, we're not trusting God. That's true. You know, Very our true. faith yeah. is just gone. Why are we hiding? Why are we putting it under a rock? You know, like for me, I like to crochet. It's, it's relaxing. But then I bless people with it. If I make a little error on it, it's okay. It's okay if it's not perfect. Sure. You know, that's what it is. Those perfect. imperfections are being used. Absolutely. You know, so we all have great talents, great singers, great, you know, actors. Mm. Um, but they all make mistakes. Absolutely. They all make mistakes. God is the only one who's perfect, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and I think, too, like, I think what we fear, fear in that is, is failure, mm-hmm. right? We all, no one wants to be known as a failure. So I think that, that, criti- that paralyzes us, like Pastor Ken was saying. Right. And I, I really believe, you know, failure is not an identity, you're not a failure, right? It's not an identity over your life. I believe failure is an ingredient. Mm-hmm. It's, part of the, it's part of the cake. Like it makes, like if, if you sit there and just eat flour, <laughs> right? That doesn't taste good, right? Mm-hmm. But you put it in the mix, you, in, you put it with eggs, you put it with milk, you, you know, you do the thing mm-hmm. and it, it's, it, it doesn't happen without it, right? It, you, need, you need this failure. And so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that it kind of disarms the power of failure yeah. in our life. But it teaches us. Failure teaches, okay, I won't make that mistake again, or I'll, I'll grow in whatever the failures Correct. were. Right. So if we don't have failures, we can't have yeah. success. And just like, you know, what Pastor Kim was saying too, fear, you know, it's good to have a, a healthy dose of fear because it can, exactly. it can create exactly. great, great habits, right? Yeah. We fear dying of a heart attack. Well, well, now we'll start to run. We'll start to eat right. We can, we can allow it to work for us. So it's, it's a great servant. It's a horrible master, right? Definitely. Fear is a horrible master. It is. So um, how about you guys? How, how are you going to combat fear this week? How are you going to start moving out of the boat? How you, what's something you feel as you were listening to Pastor Ken's sermon? What, what's a nudge? What's, or maybe something that someone's listening. What's a way that can encourage them to, to keep going? I think for me... Um, now that one foot's out of the boat, because you can, I can give Pastor Kim proposals all over, over the pace, place yeah. uh, or make a phone call, mm-hmm. but it's getting out there and actually doing the work. Yeah. You know, and not just that, but continue. Okay, you might have some rejections. You might have some, you know, feelings. P- people might not be happy with you, but you just keep going. You just yes. keep going. That's because good. God is going to be with you no matter what. And I always tell people, I said, this is not my ministry. Yeah. No ministry that I'm in is mine. Mm-hmm. It's God's. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, a great, that's a great outlook. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, for me, it's to use what God has given me to the fullest potential and not limit it to what my thoughts say it is. Mm. Um, I'm a failure. Um, mm. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. No, God says, you're good enough. I love you. Mm-hmm. And he accepts us how we are. But he, and he continues to build us up to, um, to use 
what he's given us and to spread it to everyone else around us. And so I think it's important to use what we have and um, use it as God intended it to be. Your gifts are not for you. I love that. That's great. One thing about what Dylan said, excuse me, uh, when we tell tell ourselves we're not good enough, Mm -hmm. you know, that just hurts God. I try to look in the mirror and say, Yes, thank you, Lord. You know, I, I, you've made a perfect... Well, the emphasis is on the wrong syllable, too, yeah. right? You're, right? It's not about how good you are. It's about how good God is, God is in right. you, yeah. Pastor Robert. I'm sure you've been on the edge of a diving board. Yeah. And I, for me, I pause. <sighs> you <know this. laughs> but you got to yeah. jump. That's so it. That's I love I it. Do. I want to jump. Just jump. Just yeah, do I it. love that image, too, right? The, even the, the, the youth of a child, right? Yeah. The, the excitement, the fear at yeah. first, but then... When they jump, there's a rush. Yeah. Right? Again. There's an adrenaline rush. <laughs> Out, let's yeah. do it again. Cathedral of Faith, you're a child of God. Yes. Jump. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's going to be exhilarating. It's going to be scary, but I tell you, you're going to have fun. And I hope by the end of the week, we're all saying, let's do it again. Yeah. Cathedral of Faith, we love yes. you. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Stay locked in. Take the jump. Step out the boat. Let's go. And as always, it's That's a wrap. wrap.